0: You're listening to The Hall Vineyard Podcast. To find out more about The Hall Vineyard Church, go to hallvineyard.co.uk. All right, if you will not mind having a seat and drawing your attention to the stage, thank you so much. We are, those of you that may be new, we are uh, in a series on emotions, simply called Emotions. This is our third week in the series. And... Um, We've been talking all things emotional health. What does it look like to flourish emotionally? Is that even possible in our world today, which is so full of um, anxiety and worry and fear and loneliness and uh, inner turmoil that many of us will face and experience? And it's really been incredible to hear some stories coming from so many of you who just feel almost liberated by actually... Being allowed to talk and process and discover what okay what does it mean to, um, yeah, where does my emotions fit in the kingdom of God as a disciple of Jesus? And so we are continuing that journey, that adventure this evening, and we are delighted to have Sarah joining us. Um, Say hey, Sarah. Hi. Hi. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Let me introduce you for those that may not know you. Sarah uh, is incredible and um part of our church for a couple of years married simon's here i think and two teenage kids um you you are doing our leadership year this yep. year and uh, so yeah just incredible to spend time with you and and just yeah watch you as you're kind of stepping more and more into into that calling that god's got on your life um but you have spent a lot of time pursuing and investing in your emotional health and your emotional health journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were a doctor, and um, so there's that background. You've trained in kind of Christian counselling, emotional counselling, and now you kind of work with um, kind of medical professionals in the area of kind of coaching and and uh, uh, training, res training, training as well, training yeah, and yeah, and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. there's so much that you carry, and I shared this morning that. Uh, I invited Sarah to take one of our Leadership Year sessions, all about emotional life, and it was it was incredible. So we're delighted, and Sarah shared this morning, if you missed it, I'd encourage you to go back and have a listen. It was fantastic. Um, but we really want to pick up this, morning, this evening, sorry, where we came to land this morning. We want to give some real tools to you tonight to help you as you journey towards emotional flourishing. So Sarah, you kind of gave us four questions that you were encouraging us to consider um, with regards to our emotional health. And then you introduced, very briefly, a kind of three-step tool for us, a process, if you like, for us to become emotionally healthy. Mm. Would you just describe a little bit about what the process is for? What is all about and then talk
1: to us a little bit about how it works. Yeah. yeah, sure. So this morning, for those of you who weren't here, I put four questions to you. And the final one was how do we move or what's stopping us moving forward emotionally? What's holding us back um, towards greater freedom um, with our emotions? And I introduced um, my backpack my trusty backpack, which I've brought um, again this evening. Because what God gave to me um, over the Easter period was a picture of stones being the emotions that we carry around in a backpack. So often we're not looking at these emotions, they're behind us. um, And we often just kind of carry on in life, slowed down, weighed down by our emotions, rather than bringing them out in front of us and starting to really look at them with God's help and how to process them. So I introduced review. Renew and redo, which was the three-step process that I sort of really came to mind over Easter for me to share with you, and yeah, there wasn't time this morning to unpack that fully, was there? Yeah. So we thought we'd probably talk about that this evening.
0: Stunning. So why don't you just begin to unpack what that is? Many people here will experience heavy emotions at times um, Mm. in the moment, or have maybe trauma from from back in the past. Mm -hmm. How can we use this? What does this tool do? How how does it help us? move towards emotional flourishing.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a really good point that I think this process, it's not a do-it-once and you're sorted process. It's it's kind of something that I think is really it's something I've probably learned but not put words to in that three-step way over the last sort of few years. But it's certainly something that if I was faced with an acute emotional sort of reaction to something like suddenly feeling anxious about a situation, I could go through that process. But I've also found it really helpful to start dealing with the things that I've been carrying around for a long time um, in my life that I perhaps have buried and have kind of kept under wraps very much in my backpack and not wanted to face, and found it really helpful for that sort of chronic emotional baggage, I think. So, Both it's both um, useful for both, yeah, old stuff that keeps showing. So this morning I I kind of gave the illustration of a backpack, which I have here with stones in it. And if we shake the backpack, the stones obviously will tip out. And the stones tip out because the stone's in the backpack. And I was talking about how in life, sort of stressful situations, often we're shaken, aren't we? And what shows up in our behaviours is because of what's in our heart. So I found certainly, um, you know, things things that have come out of my backpack have not always been... (laughs) the best. And it's really helped me to think, okay, what is that telling me? So this is really where the process comes comes into, into sort of light, really. Wow.
0: Stunning. So what, do you want to talk us <laughs> through yeah. it, and how yeah. it all works? So we've got
1: some slides. I think the first one you can see on the screen um, is, is a, a sort of a diagram or a, what do you call it? It's a circular cycle. That's the word I'm looking for. A cycle of the review, renew and redo. So I liked that because it rhymed. And it's also... Um, What's the word? Alliteration, isn't it? Where you've got three words beginning with the same letter. So it was memorable for me. So let's talk about review first of all. So if you think about um, if you all imagine that you've got a backpack and that's a hold all for your emotions and you perhaps haven't looked in it for a while, you know, you're aware that you've got emotions that you carry around with you, but you don't tend to look at that, because some of us, perhaps through our past experiences, have sort of been taught, you know, just bury your feelings, don't express your feelings, don't show them why these people kind of, you know, pretend that everything's okay, and that was certainly, you know, my experience growing up. So the first point is to review, and that means being honest with yourself, with God, bringing your backpack sort of off your back, bring it in front of you and and sort of undoing that drawstring that perhaps you've pulled very tightly closed for some time and taking out a stone that's at the top or the stone that really feels predominant in terms of what you're experiencing. And this morning I talked about expanding our emotional vocabulary, sort of emotional intelligence, and that's certainly something that I think is really helpful because unless we have a name for our emotion, we're probably not going to be able to really tune into it in the way that we need to in order to review it effectively. I'm probably going to com- go completely off script here, Josh, sorry. Um, tend to ad-lib. But there's a verse that was helpful I quoted this morning um, from Psalm 139, um, which really helps us to review. So, search me, O God, know my heart, test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and leads me on the path of everlasting life. So I think that's a really good verse to be praying as we review And it's really taken that time to unpack. I think um, I certainly found it hard to slow down enough to be with God, with my emotion. There was a sense of, I need to fix this. Almost like I can't come to God with that emotion. Whereas in this process, I think slowing down to be with God, being honest with what's in the backpack, and and knowing that it's okay to feel that feeling and bringing it to God. And spending some time with that emotion in his presence and just thinking... You know, with courage and that's also being vulnerable, really, and it's painful often to face you know, that anger or fear that we've tried to bury and put, put away, but bringing it in God's presence and slowing down and really asking him, you know, how can we look at this emotion perhaps in a different way? So often we haven't faced that emotion and we kind of know it's there because there's a weight in our hearts, but we haven't really thought, what's that emotion trying to tell us? And I really think emotions are signposts, aren't they, to something that's yeah, either not quite right in, in terms of our lives or something that needs healing. So the first tip is that review. You know, what's what's kind of going on with that emotion? The question that I found really helpful is what's behind that emotion? So what does it mean? What's it telling me? So for me. Anger was quite a big emotion that I had pushed down and buried because I wasn't allowed as a child to ever express my anger. So that would be something that I would be punished for if I expressed any anger. So I very much learned to pretend I wasn't angry and always go, no, that's fine, everything's fine. But of course, that's not normal in terms of you know things trigger us. We're supposed to be angry against injustice. We're supposed to be angry um, about things that don't please God but it's what we do with that anger. Obviously, we can be destructive with that anger. But for me, there was a sense of... um, I needed to... I recognised that my anger hadn't... I had never learned to express it maturely. So I would review... What I learned to do was review my anger and think, what's behind this? Why am I feeling angry? Not to judge myself, but to recognise there's something that emotion was trying to tell me. So bringing it into God's light, going, what's behind that? And asking God to show you... What is what that emotion is telling you, and what i found often happens is a painful emotional experience will come up from the past that helps you to see that's probably where you learned something. that's probably where you picked that up in the first place, it's probably for anger, it's often hurt, it's often having had your emotions dismissed, or it might be that some injustice was done against you or you know some sort of trauma and rightly, you felt angry in that moment, but you couldn't express it, so therefore you packaged it and buried it um, and hid it away. But then things, as you go through life, trigger that off, and the anger comes up, but you don't have to deal with it. Um, So the reviewing part is just to really look at it honestly, ask God to show you something new, a new perspective. I think the other thing that's helpful in review is to be able to see perhaps the person who has wronged you, if it was a person or a situation, in a different way. And that's not to excuse what was done, but to sort of see, okay, that's possibly why that happened. You know, they had issues for themselves or they were broken themselves. And that helps me to understand and forgive and have compassion. And I think, again, that review facing that. And often we need support. I've certainly had counseling and needed that support to really work through some difficult emotions and some painful experiences and memories and things I'd blocked to be able to then heal from that. So that's review, I think. There's probably other verses I was going to pull out, but I think it's really about getting clarity and truth. And I think where I struggled was being truthful with myself about what I felt. Um, both to myself, but also to other people. So that was something that I would sometimes find I would lie about how I felt, because that's how I'd learned to be, I think, very much.
0: I mean, I I think this is, like... It is revolutionary, like, having an understanding of how we can um, encounter our feelings in a way that helps us to discover what's going on under the surface. But for many people... Maybe they've for the last for their whole life it's been a process of putting it back down mm-hmm. and, and there's so many layers and levels of of pain and emotional hurt. If that's some people here tonight, where do they start? Like how do you begin? So I mean mm-hmm. I, yesterday I um our next door neighbours is a tenanted house, it's four flats and um They've never looked after their garden. They've never tended to it, and so over the years, it has been completely overgrown, and it's uh, blocking all of its, all of lots of our light when the sun goes over that side, and um, it's pretty overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And there's a, a just a, a young, twenty or something year old girl who lives there who's just completely overwhelmed with dealing with the garden. And um, yeah, I, I kind of went yesterday. I mean, the, these bushes are like. 10 feet tall and it's just, it's extraordinary. She's overwhelmed, doesn't even know where to begin. Mm. Uh, Yesterday I kind of, uh, we went round and um, took some heavy duty tools and began to cut it back and what I realised is that there, there wasn't like millions of plants, there was maybe four or five plants that had started really small, that had grown and grown and grown and and become out of hand. And once we cut back the stuff at the top, you're able to see what's going on at the surface. It was an interesting analogy for beginning this process. Mm -hmm. But many people look at it and think, I'm so overwhelmed because of the trauma of the past. Mm -hmm. That's people here tonight. Where should they start? How do you begin the journey?
1: Mm. It's a really good question. I think that's a great analogy, isn't it? Because what you were doing there was reviewing the situation and firstly seeing what it is. So I think... I think it's I think it's hard to know sometimes until you start looking just what is in there. So because we often have carried our backpack around and not looked at it for so long just know that we're weighed down it's only often when we start to unpack it that we really see. So I think that is the first thing. So I think if you feel weighed down by particular emotions I think the first thing is to have a look and see what what is going on to so name those feelings as best you can. And I think seek support, you know, seek support from home group, from um, trusted friends, just talking through what you're beginning to see. And and I talked this morning about an onion because I've often felt that as I've peeled around, peeled away the layers of um, emotions and and difficulties myself, it's been like peeling through the onion. And as you peel an onion and cut an onion, it makes you cry. And certainly there's been quite a lot of, of that as you go through. So I think the first thing is just to look see what you can see for now you don't have to see that there's only four plants underneath or that there's only um you know that it's only a few stones in the backpack it's just have a look see what what strikes you about it and you know with god's help is starting to pick out the top stone on there you don't have to unpack the whole thing it's just you know what's at the top what's the the most uppermost emotion but i really can't stress enough the importance of seeking support um it's not weak to ask for help it's it's certainly you know it takes courage to do that and and i hope that by admitting and not admitting even but just by saying you know i've done that myself that it helps other people who might find that difficult because for some of us we've perhaps been taught that it is almost wrong to seek counseling i mean that was kind of the message that i had a little bit growing up and also being a doctor there was a sense of doctors don't get ill you know, doctors should, it's weak to be unwell. So I have that kind of unspoken culture mm-hmm. as well. So I think the first thing, if you're weighed down, is, is just take a look. If it's overwhelming, seek help. And that can mean professional help, you know, from, from your GP, from um, being referred to for psychology, psychotherapy, counselling, whatever, but also within the church. And a community is so helpful, isn't it, for, mm-hmm. for building those connections and, and, and that trust. But it also takes time, doesn't it, to review. Yes. Stunning. Yeah. Should I talk about renew?
0: Please, yeah.
1: Yep. So the next step, once you've reviewed what you feel you can review, so I think it's like you know it's bite-sized chunks, isn't it? You can't eat an elephant all in one go. It's you know what's what's at the top, and um, what's the first sort of thing that comes up. But once you've reviewed that emotion and some of the underlying thinking behind it, because one thing I talked about this morning was often our thinking doesn't help our emotions. So what we're telling ourselves about ourselves or about other people often those things are not always true. So sometimes lies have been told over us, but also we've told ourselves things that are not, not, don't really serve us. So I think once we've started to review that, the next step really then is to receive renewal. So to renew and ask for renewal of our hearts with this difficult emotion, because we need to receive that from God. We need um, his transforming power, his healing to help us, um, and that restoration. So I talked this morning about the verse from, from Ezekiel, God promises he'll give us a new heart, he'll put a new spirit in us and he'll remove from us our heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh and I find that really encouraging where I feel weighed down with stone-like feelings um, that God puts a life into our hearts and I think that's, that's a promise to claim. But obviously we need to come before him, we need to lay our burdens out, we need to allow him to do a bit of heart work, a bit of surgery, emotional surgery and I think when we, when we seek renewal, there might be a few different things that happen. So when we come and sort of, I see this as a posture of either standing before God or sort of lying still before God to receive that wisdom. Sometimes he'll ask us to cast that emotion. There's that verse, you know, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. So we're thinking with a stone, casting that stone. And I think sometimes it will ask us to cast. Sometimes we need to confess there's that verse, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. So sometimes the emotions we're carrying around it is a, bitterness. Sometimes like the plants next door, they've grown and grown. I don't know about you, but certainly with certain anger, you know, it can grow, can't it, if we don't resolve it at an early stage. It takes root, it takes seeds, a bit like a weed that just grows and it's, it sort of infects every area of our lives. So, you know, being able to get rid of those feelings. So sometimes we need to confess to God to ourselves, maybe to other people. And that can be really helpful, actually, sometimes just talking out things that we know have been unhelpful patterns. Mm. I'm doing another alliteration with Cs. Um, Then we might need to confront. So sometimes we're challenged to actually speak the truth in love. And the verse from Ephesians, speaking the truth in love will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. So we talked this morning about emotional maturity. And I might talk a little bit about conflict shortly, but speaking the truth in love has been really helpful for me because this wasn't something that I, again, was allowed to do. And recognising that actually, rather than being nice all the time, you know, actually, we need to be honest. and We need to confront perhaps other people in a, in a truthful and a loving way. That's the thing. We need to have both of those. And then sometimes we're called to carry. So there are circumstances where we may be asked to continue to carry a particular emotion. You know, if we're experiencing grief, it doesn't just evaporate. We carry that sadness around with us you know, for some time. But God and, and obviously trusted others can help us to do that. So you know, that, those are the four sort of things that I think can be um, ways that we then need to be renewed. Mm. I think some stones, God might actually fragment them Um, or file them down, that was another picture I had. Um, Someone's taking off the rough edges so that they don't rub against our backs in the same way, even if we're asked to carry them. So I think that can be helpful. The other thing he might do is to um, turn a stone into a precious gift. So when we look at a stone, we actually realise there's a jewel inside. He redeems our pain at times for for our good. So an example for me was um, in my family growing up, some, there was quite a lot of silence if people were unhappy, and then it would lead to an explosion. so I very much learned to protect myself, to probably keep very quiet if someone was silent and walk on eggshells around it, so that I perhaps wouldn 't be the brunt of the explosion and That was a coping strategy that served me well as a child, but as an adult that 's not quite so but it 's not necessary in the same way and not, and, and not needed so what I think God has done though, because I was able then to be quite intuitive and tune into emotions, because I read the room very carefully at times, I think that's the gift now that he's given me that I can use in my work to be able to tune into people's feelings and empathise more effectively. So I, I sense that sort of turning a stone into a jewel. It's a
0: superpower.
1: I, yeah. I don't know if it's a superpower, but it's certainly a, a useful, yeah, a useful, I can't read people's minds, but yeah. I, can, I can pick up on emotion.
0: How am I feeling right now? I don't even
1: know. (laughs) What's in your backpack, Josh? Yeah. What's in the backpack? Yeah. And then I think when we're seeking that renewal and restoration, you know, what do we need from God? There might be things we know we need. We can ask for certain fruits of the Spirit. But the verse from 1 John, um, you know, ask him in faith and we'll receive from him whatever we ask because we obey him and we do the things that please him. And I think the other verse, just to finish this bit, is remembering that Jesus says... Come to me all who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest and take my yoke upon upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble, gentle at heart and you'll find rest for your soul. So I really find that helpful. So that's the renew bit.
0: Wow. Why don't you, um, yeah, why don't you just move straight on? There's a few questions, specific questions about specific things but the final one is redo. What's yeah. that about?
1: <clears throat> so redo, I wanted it to rhyme so I kind of made a fit. But redo is going forwards. So having had the learning from the review being restored through renew, then redo is going back into the world, perhaps into similar situations that previously would have triggered certain emotional responses and reactions, but having this new perspective, which enables you then to respond differently mm-hmm. or react differently, or at least not be shaken in quite the same way. So redo is all about going forwards, being your true self, being yourself that god 's made you to be, um, to love to serve him in the world, and romans twelve two you know just saying don 't conform to the pattern of the will, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and then you 'll be able to test and approve what god 's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will, because sometimes i don 't know about you, but when I've, when i 'm clouded by emotions if i 'm carrying around things i can 't think so straight, so i 'm less able to yeah, to kind of know what God's will is. I'm often working from an autopilot um, perspective and often find myself, you know, yeah, sort of doing things that I don't want to do. So I think it's helpful to, to recognise that renewing of our mind. Um, I think to redo, we need to trust God, don't we? And we I mean, need to submit to him. And this verse has been really poignant for me over the last few years about I tend to want to solve my own problems. I don't know about anyone else, but I tend to rely very much on my own wisdom or have done. So Proverbs um, 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean on your own understanding, in all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. And I have to remind myself that frequently because, yeah, I want to trust in my own understanding often.
0: I think you just made a a really good point that actually we we want we really want to avoid pain deep down Mm -hmm. and yet part of this renew thing is potentially going through the same things that we've gone through in the past that we have that have caused us to struggle emotionally and go through them with a certain level of emotional health or robustness Mm. in a sense that not that you don't feel the emotions but maybe you're able to journey through them in a, in a more healthy way mm-hmm. is that the kind of the idea so there's a there's a, a bible verse which one of my favorites but it's one of the most um uh, you one of the most bible verses that's used out of context which is like i can do all things through christ who gives me strength mm-hmm. you know that one so i can do all things through a bible verse taken out of context and um that was a joke <laughs> um but it's just like people often you christians use that to be like oh okay I can do anything, I'm gonna kind of win the lottery or, or whatever, like, you know. Actually, when Paul wrote that, I think it was Paul, it was like, he was going through, like, hell. And he was like, I can get through this situation, I can go through it because God is my strength. Mm-hmm. And part of, I think, the the brilliance of this process is getting us to a place where, no matter what we go through, we're able to walk through it mm-hmm kind of the valley of the shadow of death with um in a way that we come out the other side
1: mm. yeah because we're not alone mm. that's the first thing isn't it that we can trust in god and yeah he requires us in this life to go through trials to go through pain to go through suffering and in that way we're we're like jesus in that way but also we grow through those times and um, we don't want to none of us want to go through those difficult times but there's a sense that yeah we can't not experience painful emotions, so being emotionally healthy doesn't mean we don't ever feel anxious or, or sad or angry, Absolutely. but we, as we go through that with I suppose, sort of deeper understanding of who we are, who God says we are, and also, yeah that sense of renewal, knowing that He gives us the strength to do, mm. to do what He calls us to do. Um, I suppose, even though it's really hard, um, yeah, we have that deep. Mm-hmm. that deep security so we're not so shaken um, I'm certainly not saying that I'm never shaken <laughs> my family will say that I don't. no I am but, but I, I think there's. I can, when I come back to this process I think it's recognising it very quickly isn't it okay what am I feeling what's going on and mm-hmm. what's God telling me and sometimes we don't know in the heat of the moment we don't always know what we need to learn mm-hmm. from a certain situation it's too raw isn't it sometimes um, and again we have to be patient and know that God will show us and teachers, as, as we go through things. Yeah. Is yeah.
0: so there anything else on redo? <coughs> or if not, I've got a few kind of questions yeah, that want to throw in your way.
1: I think the redo bit, as I'm then kind of going forwards, it's not meaning that you'll be perfect as you go forwards. I've often felt really discouraged because I've reviewed things. I feel like I've been renewed. I feel like I've got this new insight. Okay, so next time when that person says that, that normally triggers me, mm. I'll be much calmer and I won't respond, react like that. And then I find myself... Still reacting like that and then I feel guilty. And I think the verse is from Romans that Paul says, I don't understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. I don't know. Does anyone else ever feel like that? You know, you find yourself doing those things that you don't want to do. It's like, why have I done that again?
0: That's like the most encouraging verse in the Bible. Yeah. Like if Paul, Paul struggled with stuff, then...
1: Yeah. So it's having a lot of grace for yourself and grace for others and recognising that yeah, this, this is why I say it. so it's an ongoing process, isn't it? Um, but then when, when I do things that I hate, I'll go back and I'll review that and, and journal mm-hmm. and, and ask God to show me. And it's, it takes time to, to work through things. And I think that's really important to say that because otherwise we can have unrealistic expectations, perhaps, of ourselves. Wow. Um, yeah. So I think that's, that's the gist.
0: Yeah, stunning. Okay, so let's... I've got a few questions that I yeah. want to work through before... Um, the pizza arrives, I mean, before we pray, <laughs> and uh, can, we, can we work through an emotion, can, mm-hmm. we, can we talk about this practically, maybe, how this would play out with something like anxiety, which mm-hmm. many of us here will have wrestled with, or are wrestling with, or yeah, will mm-hmm. in the future wrestle with, um, how, how do we work through that as an example?
1: Yeah, so I think the first thing with anxiety is there's two types. So there's acute anxiety where there's an immediate danger. Your house is on fire, your child is about to put a fork into a plug socket. That's acute anxiety. There's a real danger and you need to act quickly and not review and renew and redo, you know. Oh, I wonder why they're doing that. I'll just think through what that's telling me. You know, there's just you've got to act, haven't you? So that's acute anxiety. What most of us struggle with is chronic anxiety. It's anxiety that we've taken on over the years. We've learned it from our experiences in childhood, you know, through school, adolescence, um, adulthood. We've learned um, anxiety as sort of a coping mechanism often, or a pattern to respond to situations that aren't an immediate danger, but where we feel we might not be emotionally safe. So, I mean, if you, if you, how do you know when you feel anxious? I mean, Josh, how do you how do you know when you feel anxious? Not the immediate one of seeing Ivy doing something about dangerous, but how do you? What's anxiety feel like?
0: Um, for me, it's it's uh, less a. It's more I can feel, feel it in my body, mm-hmm. like I feel um, like in my stomach. Feel tired, feel energy drained, mm. uh, almost feel incredibly distracted and can't focus on, on one thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. So all of us will have a visceral. a question. not You a
0: script, Sarah. <laughs> Panic. Feel anxious right now. It's okay. My palms are this yeah. week.
1: It's adrenaline. So uh, when we feel anxious, it's the adrenaline rush around our body. We'll have things like our heart racing, our palms get sweaty, butterflies in our stomach, can't think straight. So we all recognize that anxiety and so that's the sort of review bit isn't it it's like recognizing it knowing that's what it is giving a name to it and then I think the other bit of review is then what's that telling me and sometimes we don't know why we're anxious it's just because we get the sense and we feel churned up and we feel unsettled and we feel tense and you know what what's going on and often when we stop and look at the anxiety honestly and think what's behind this there's usually a fear of rejection there's a fear of shame usually underlying it. Um, and so there's something that's triggered that anxiety in us. Uh, and then we react physically. But it's underlying, is usually a fear of being in a situation where we feel shame. And so we've put mechanisms in place to try and avoid ourselves being in those situations. So how do we tend to respond to anxiety? Well, there's four ways. We tend to either move towards the situation with conflict, trying to shut the situation down by being kind of aggressive and loud or, you know, authoritative. So conflict is one way. The other way is to distance, to withdraw. And on the surface, that can look more peacemaking but it's not actually resolving the situation. So conflict, distancing, we can over-function or under-function. So I'm an over definitely an anxiety, where I would go in and try to solve, try to fix, try to do more to manage it. But as soon as I over someone else under So again, we're not solving the problem. I'm just taking on more responsibility than I than I should be or called to be. And the fourth one is, it's come back to me, triangulating or triangulating, where we draw someone else into the the situation, the anxiety. So we gossip about it or we um, tell someone else to try and get them to take sides. Now, triangling can be a good thing for support, but triangling often um, draws somebody else in. So conflict distancing, over- or under-functioning, and triangling. So those tend to be our responses. So review is about what do you normally do in the face of chronic anxiety in a situation that's triggering you? What would you normally do? And what that tell you about yourself? And often there's a meaning that you've made... Because of past experiences, so say, um, if I, should I give an example? So say you grew up in a situation where if voices were raised, that usually meant that punishment was going to follow. So as a child, you learned to distance and run to your room if voices were raised just to get out of that situation. And that was a good strategy as a child, to keep you safe. But as an adult, you're probably not going to be punished in the same way if voices are raised, say, in a meeting. But the thing is, your brain doesn't realise, and as soon as you hear a raised voice, it triggers off that sort of um, memory from the past very, very quickly. So you can find in a meeting, a little discussion's getting a bit heated, and you can start to feel a little bit anxious. So it's recognising that that's, when you sort of look at it, the meaning that you made from the past was, raised voices mean I'm not safe, and that's the meaning you made. And so once you can pull that out into the light and think, actually, do raised voices mean I'm not safe? They did, but not now. Raised voices just mean other people are having a, a disagreement. And, you know, in, in God, I know I'm secure. I probably have got the skills to actually handle a conflict situation. So, therefore, you can see it in a different light and able to be calmer, be a calm presence in that situation. Does that make yeah, sense? Well, yeah. So, I think... There's so
0: much God gold in there. Mm. Um yeah that is, that is brilliant
1: I could talk a lot more about meanings that we make, but it takes there's a lot that could be said around that and it takes a lot of time I think to work out um, you know what what is the meaning that we made because often unconsciously we made it and we don't think about that anymore it's just a pattern that we've carried around but yeah
0: now um, we're, we're running out of time yeah. <laughs> but I'd love to ask one more question if that's okay before we'll just create a bit of space to pray and I want to make it super practical so mm. conflict that's yep. something that you have specialized in, you do mediation. Mm -hmm. We will all face conflict in our lives and uh, many of us don't do conflict very well. We run from it or we are like head on in and neither are are particularly helpful. Um, Would you just for a couple of minutes share some (laughs) practical tips? How do we do conflict well as followers Mm -hmm. of Jesus, emotionally well?
1: Yeah, okay, we've got five, two minutes. Two minutes on conflict. Okay, I think the first thing is to recognise your typical pattern. So knowing yourself, how do you typically respond to conflict and how's that working out for you? That's the first thing, to know that. Then to think, okay, what's maybe behind that? Why have I responded? Usually, it's what you learned as the family of origin kind of response to conflict. And thinking, actually, as a mature Christian or a mature person, you know, what, what do I know now about conflict? And sort of looking at that. So I think trying to change your perspective and your thinking. And I think the top tips around conflict probably are that people are in conflict because there's a disagreement and one person is trying to sort of have... There's a, one person wants to win, so the other person loses. Whereas, and so that's not a very healthy um, outcome. So, as a, as a Christian and practically, we would want to be the person who listens first rather than speaking. And I think there's a verse, isn't there, about being slow to speak? quick to listen and slow to get angry. That's the verse I'm thinking of. And I think there's four, I'm gonna do another alliteration, four A's for you this time, and I haven't got them on the slide. So the first thing is to, um, it's got out of my head. <laughs> I, had it, I had it in my head. I forget the four A's because I can't remember it now. Um, It's just to acknowledge, really, I don't think that's the first A, but really just to to listen to the other person, listen to what their conflict is about, what's their, what are they saying before you try and explain yourself. So acknowledge their viewpoint, acknowledge their perspective, ask questions, that's the first A, ask. Ask questions, be curious, don't meet the conflict with your conflict, step back, ask questions, find out what's going on for them, acknowledge their feelings. So it doesn't mean you agree with them, but just acknowledge, okay, this is what you're saying, this is where you're coming from, this is what you're wanting. And you need to ask questions first, acknowledge the situation from their perspective, so get into their shoes, before you then give your perspective, before you answer with your perspective, and then act. So that was the four A's. Ask, acknowledge, answer, and act. And the, the big thing is, find out what's going on for the other person first. Understand that because they can't listen to you until you've listened to them and calmed that down. Mm. So that was really quick, two minutes on that. But I think so um, you can't speak the truth with love until they can hear you, which mm. means you've got to bring that emotional response down by listening, empathizing, validating um, their emotion. Um, wow. But yeah, we could spend a whole few I'm hours sure. talking about I mean, conflict. I'm sure we
0: could listen for um,
1: ages, but I'm told the pizza is
0: It's ready. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm hurrying you. Um,